when you can lean into the mystery and magic of the world, you'll notice that it's all around us and all these different people with all of the different facets. There are so many types of magic and each person has their own magic. Welcome to the Women in Magic podcast, where we explore the meaning of magic in a brand new way. Through awesome interviews with amazing guests, we'll do a glittery deep dive into the topics of magic, mentalism, performance, creativity, spirituality, intuition, and entertainment to peel back the curtain and look at the power and role that magic plays in all of our lives. Through shining the spotlight on incredible magicians and masters of their craft across the world, together we'll feel completely inspired by their insightful lessons, hilarious stories, and wild adventures. Thank you for joining me on this magical journey. Joining me today is Sonia Tully, a fourth-generation intuitive who started her formal esoteric training at age 12. She's been doing readings and mentoring for over two decades and is dedicated to helping clients all over the world uncover their innate gifts, unlock their creativity, live courageously, and most importantly, reconnect with their intuition. Sonia co-wrote a book with her sister Sabrina titled You Are Amazing, which was published through Hay House, and she co-hosts a weekly family podcast with her sister and her mum, Sonia Choquette, called It's All Related, and it is spectacular. Oh my goodness, Sonia Tully, my heart is full to have you on. Just looking at you and being with you today, I am just in so much joy. Ah, the feeling is deeply, deeply mutual because I feel like you are a magic person. So I am so excited to be on this podcast talking about all sorts of magic and just to be in your beautiful glow. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) Let's start with a beautiful, amazing, inspiring, loved up question. What does magic mean to you? That's such a good question. My mind goes so many different places. I'd say first, it's awe and wonder and curiosity. I think magic means belief and connection. I feel like magic honestly reminds me just of not only my inner child, but just of the realm of possibilities. The divine and our connection to the divine is like right here if we choose to pay attention. Oh, I love that so much. That covered a little bit of absolutely everything. I absolutely (laughs) love that. What is your individual magic? I have all sorts of different magic. So I'd say one of my shades of magic is connecting people back to their play and joy. Another part of my magic is helping people connect their head and heart so that they can lead a life centered in their spirit that is playful and joyful. And I'd say my other magic is also helping people heal. So I have a lot of different shades of magic, you know? Just like a magician's got a lot in their bag of tricks, that's me. <laughs> hey, you do have a beautiful bag of tricks. So you said all wonder, belief, connection. So how do you navigate and express the connection between our magic and our intuition and our spirituality and our creativity, or are they all part of our magic? I would say that they are all under the umbrella of our magic. For me, when I think of awe, I think that so often our lives get so busy. I mean, we have our phones, we have all sorts of things that we just forget to recognize that we are in these human bodies on planet Earth in these beautiful places that just inspire awe. And awe for me, I think, is also a connection back to the divine. And just sometimes in awe of what we can create or what we've created. Yeah. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'd say belief in terms of what it is that you choose to believe. As my Nana always said, what you know isn't all there is to know. And when we can even just create that little bit of space, that creates belief in ourselves, in the world, in our higher self, in the universe, and to be our own believing eyes. And I feel like that also, I think, comes back to just noticing where we are, planet Earth, all of these things that connect to, again, that awe connection. I also think of magic, like you did a magic trick for me right before we started, which was so good and wild. (laughs) But it just sparked not only a connection, I feel like, between the two of us, but engages your inner child, engages your imagination, engages all of your senses, and suspends my intellectual mind, right? It's like a little igniter. And then belief, you know, when you can lean into the mystery and magic of the world and notice that it's all around us and all mm-hmm. these different people at all of the different facets. So I think there are so many types of magic and each person has their own magic. Oh my God, I love your answer on so many levels and for so many reasons. (laughs) There's so much I want to dive into. Before I ask you about that, so you're a fourth generation intuitive. I am. And your formal esoteric training started at age 12 and you've been Mm -hmm. doing readings and mentoring for two decades. Can you explain what that means for anyone who doesn't know? So I'm a fourth generation intuitive, which just means that I got really lucky growing up in an incubator where my family validated vibes just as much as we talk about anything else in the world. We talk about vibes, spirit guides, angels, and that was a part of our normal language that I didn't really realize or recognize was something special until I got older. I started my formal esoteric training, which really just means that, you know, as a kid, you're always navigating in vibes. You're always paying attention. You're always kind of sensing and sorting. And then when I became 12 is really when my mom started to teach me how to do readings and mentoring and really refine the art of reading vibration. For me, my sister was more of the one who really dove in to readings and mentoring. And I did it, but I was more closeted. I was really afraid of what people would think of me. I was a lot more insecure. And it wasn't until college when I really like came out of the proverbial spiritual closet. But what has been my North Star and what I know is that everybody's intuitive. It's not something that is special or unique. It's really just a language and learning how to listen with it. And I just got very lucky in having an incubator that supported that. Yeah. And what was it like to grow up in a household where you were encouraged and given permission to listen to your heart and your spirit over the outside world, which is what most of us are actually taught? For me, it was normal, you know, it was totally normal. The gift that it really gave me was to really ask my intuition for guidance before asking other people. So that gave me first different places of support. I had my family as support, but I also had my spirit, my higher self, my guides, the universe as support. So I grew up really knowing that I'm never alone, just with it myself. And that the other thing is that there's always a solution. There's always a way that we can creatively connect, that we can ask for help. So that was really 
lucky because the conversations at the dinner table didn't revolve around the weather or whatever, include <laughs> anything about like our spirit guides or dreams. I'm so sorry. I forgot to ask you what the weather was today there in New Orleans. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun because I also had my sister and my mom. So it was yeah. just always being able to have like a playful conversation that always oriented me back internally for answers instead of externally. I love that, which is why you have the beautiful view, as you've just shared with us, of viewing every single thing in life as magic, which most of us don't actually have. Yeah, everything is magic. It's wild. Like, even if you look around, you can look at, like, for example, I'm looking at a mirror in my room. And I'm like, that was once something in somebody's imagination. And then they made it into a real life thing that that is all over the world. I'm like, that's magic. Or when I go outside and see the trees and smell the flowers or listen to the birds or even just in interacting with different people, I think that it's such a fun way to look at the world that can feel very negative if we get really into technology information overload. And so you were raised in a beautiful open house and it was supportive and you were taught to trust your intuition. But when you were at college, you were actually secretly doing readings and mentoring hiding in your car. So (laughs) why the contrast at that point in time? I grew up as a sensitive kid. And even with my sister who really marched to the beat of her own drum, I still feel like I had to kind of come through my own birth canal in a sense of coming into forms of like my own identity. When I was really little, I was really made fun of. And from then all throughout school, like I just wanted to fit in. In certain ways, growing up on the playground, psychic and psycho are not that far apart. So I got a Mm. lot of of flack. And then in college, especially just wanting to hide, I think at that time I didn't really know who I was and was really afraid of judgment, people's judgment of me, of dismissing me. And at that point in time, that would have come in like so deeply because I feel like I didn't necessarily have a boundaries or sense of self. So having that place in my car, I feel like I've also been somebody who's always liked things for myself, having like a private space. So for me, that was also like my sacred bubble of like what was mine that I didn't have to share or explain. But also I was very obvious. I think I was thought I was a lot more sneaky and secretive than I really was. <laughs> <laughs> you've got like you've got like a rainbow to reflect the aura, the bubble around you, the giant yeah. translucent sheets. You're like nothing yeah. to see here, guys. Nothing, nothing to, to see here. Like the altar, like my bookshelf littered with esoteric books. I'm like, yeah, me too. I I know the critical thinking, which like I love critical thinking, but just I was like, I am just like everybody else. Me too. So when you did finally decide to step out and express your true self, how much of your perceived fiat actually matched up to the truth? Oh my gosh. Great question. Like none. Literally, it's, it's amazing. And I think this is so interesting that I see in my own life, see working with clients is our imagination, which could be so much of our superpower, can get hijacked around 
worst case scenario as a way to try and protect ourselves. And I didn't get like maybe one, hardly, but most people were interested or even more importantly, were like, oh, I had this vibe or I had this story and let me tell you about it. So it was amazing because it was like in coming out of that closet, it's my little candlelight that I was like, oh, I'm going to protect at all costs. Didn't need any protection. And then yeah. I could just light other people's and, and create a conversation that wasn't there before. I love that. You are a light. You're a light for the next generation of people to come out and be their most beautiful, authentic selves. I feel like I'm in really good company. I remember my friend Sophie. Oh, thank you. This. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> no, for, for real. No, yeah. genuinely. <laughs> There's so many wonderful teachers. There are so many wonderful people like yourself, not only being ambassadors, but are healers. And I feel like it's not one person. It takes all of us to get to yeah. that place of critical mass. And what difference did it make in your world when you truly stepped into your purpose and really your soul's purpose and really embrace it fully? How did mm. you change? I feel like it took a while because at first I still was struggling in my insecurity. And I feel like it was a mismatch because like when I'm doing my work, I felt very confident and creative. But still being in my early 20s, just being in your 20s, which is also a very crazy time, was sort of a challenge. My parents were getting separated. I was in a relationship that was not a good fit. And so I really believe that my spiritual work and really stepping into that became a catalyst for all different places in my life because I really saw where I... You know, a lot of times I feel like you teach what you need to learn yourself. <laughs> and also just like where I wasn't in integrity or where there was an energetic mismatch. So it created a lot of change and a lot of growth to the point of now where I'm like, I know who I am. You can bite, you know, we call it snake medicine in my family. You can be bitten in a million, trillion different times. But that isn't a reflection of me. Also, life just became a lot more fun, like a lot yeah. more fun, a lot more fun, magical, playful travel. Cause it was like, I just let my spirit lead. And that, as my Nana would say, you can't improve upon your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so on that sort of ties into what you said before, where you can, we can choose to look at every single thing as though it's magic. What's the easiest way to do that? If that is not our default? Mm, well, I would say go outside. Go outside, go be in nature, go pay attention to like the bark on a tree or the leaves on a branch. Like I'm looking out my window right now. I find that when we can connect to nature, first, all of a sudden you'll see all these crazy like patterns and color palettes and all of these beautiful things. Like right now we're in springtime and it's like, wow, all of these trees that lie dormant that are now in all of this bloom that attract all of these beautiful birds and so much. It's like, wow, that is magic that happens right before our eyes or get some flowers. I'm a huge fan of flowers. <laughs> what stops us in life from sharing our true magic? Well, I think there are a few different things. First, I believe that a lot of times 
our world has been so outwardly oriented that we have really been conditioned to look for approval, whether it's in our job, in our career, in all of these different things as a way to be safe. So when our orientation goes outward, we forget what magic we have because also just in our world too, we constantly compare social media, the news, all of these things that disconnect us. Also, we're social creatures, we wanna belong. And I think that there's also a fear that if I am my true self, then as even my own imagination said, something terrible would happen, which isn't true, which isn't true. Which isn't true because the moment we are in our full, beautiful, authentic expression, we're giving more light to the world and we're attracting more light in the process. Absolutely. And I find that if you've been disconnected from your spirit, from your own magic, I think of your spirit as just like this beautiful, almost think of it as like a diamond or a pearl or something that is unbreakable. You could throw it off a mountain, you could launch it into space, you could bury it in lava, nothing will happen to it. (laughs) But it gets buried, right? By life, by our beliefs, by everything. So Mm -hmm. part of the job is excavating. It's like pulling off old beliefs, pulling off things. Like, does that resonate? Does that actually fit as true to just let to really polish off that mirror and let our light shine. Which is not easy. And the work that you do is focused on connecting people with their head and their heart. Is it much harder to take the lava off the spirit and do the work so that we can express it fully than it is to just do what everyone else is doing around us? It is work. It is. But work that's worthy. It's worthy of your time and your attention. I think that that's also where the word discipline comes in. And discipline, I think we can have a negative connotation of it. It's like this patriarchal idea that you have to be disciplined. But discipline comes from the word disciple, which really just means student. So if we can have the discipline to show up to ourselves, you know, what it is that we love, who it is that we are, what our value is to our magic, to our spirit, in little ways, it can be hard to uncover some of the lava because you got to kind of go through the shit of, excuse my language again, but <laughs> what it produces as blossoms is so, so, so worthy. And it's amazing, yeah. like looking backwards, you're like, oh my goodness. Like I look at my college self and I'm like, dang girl, you did a lot of great hard work. And now I'm so proud of you. <laughs> So when you help people fight through the lava to reconnect with their most authentic self, how does it feel for you? When you Mm. see that and you're like, oh my God, that is another light in the world. What what does that feel like? Oh, it is so joyful. It's almost like, there you are. (laughs) You know, like there you are. And I always feel very honored for people's time and attention and to trust me because I am of service to the divine. And so I'm just a messenger, but it's so lovely. Like I said, so I'm like, oh, people see themselves. Be like, oh yeah, I'm not who I thought I was or what I believed, but I am this and I know this to be true for myself. And I'm like, yes, yes. And once we've felt that and experienced that, 
Is it so hard to go back to the life that we were living? You can't. It's being asleep and then waking up. Yeah. It's like once you're awake, I even think of it sometimes even in the morning when I'm like, I'm still sleeping and I'm laying there and I'm like, you're not sleeping, get up. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, honey, you know? (laughs) But even there, you know, there's part of us, even if you do wake up and you're like, oh, I know that I'm awake. I know that I've had this awakening. And you're like, no, I just want to lie in my comfy, warm bed forever. But (laughs) at the same time, even then you can lay there for as long as you want. But after a while, you'll get antsy. Your body will start to hurt. And you'll realize that comfort is wonderful, but it also mm. will put you, even to sleep, will make you bleh. <laughs> Very good analogy. <laughs> wow. I love that. That was from my guides. That was from my guides. Thank you, guides. <laughs> hey, thank you, guides. Oh, my goodness. So for anyone listening that is not connected with their guides or their spirit, Can you explain what that is and how it radically enhances our life? So your spirit is the divinity that was breathed into the moment that you took your first breath. And how I think about your spirit is like, imagine the sun. That is spirit. And then imagine a field full of grass with a bunch of dew. And that same light gets reflected in each individual dewdrop. That is your spirit. There's one spirit. And your spirit is your essential, authentic self. It's the seat of your gifts. It is your power. It's your imagination. It's your connectivity. It is you. In our world, it's like you are not your job, you're not your personality, you're not your accomplishments, you're not your body, you're not all of these external things, you are spirit. And once you can start to connect back to that, it creates a change in your perception of like, I'm not going to get so tied into the physical world that I'm going to go inward. And I feel like connecting back to your spirit is like that same thing of connecting back to yourself, you know, you're like, oh, that's who I am. Those are my gifts. And that gives you confidence, that gives you support, that gives you assurance, you know, and then you have your spirit guides, which are your helpers. We have a whole constellation of helpers who are constantly here to be of service to our highest good. And when you can really start to develop a relationship, first, all you have to do is just take notice of your own spirit. You can do it by putting a hand on your heart, hand on your belly, closing your eyes, going to your heart space, and you'll notice the chatter will start to quiet, and then you'll connect with your own frequency. And then you can talk with your guides, and that is, for me, it's like, oh, that's where life becomes magic, because you go from ordinary to extraordinary. All of a sudden, things start to move into place, and you start to expect it. You expect the universe to help you. What is the most magical thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, great question. Great question. And I know you've got so many amazing stories. I know. (laughs) I would think the one that comes to top of mind was a few years ago when Myanmar was still open. My partner and I went to a city called Bagan. And Magan is one of the oldest temple cities. There's all these beautiful little pagodas all over. It's incredible. And I really wanted the conservation. What's it called? Anyway, they were saying no more climbing on stupas. 
World Heritage Site. There we go. So I was like, I would really love to have an experience where I get invited on one of these pagodas. So my partner and I, on the last day, we take these little like electronic bikes and we're like, let's let our intuition lead. We had a half a bottle of wine. We're like, we're going to go watch sunset. We drive out into the sunset. We drink, you know, have a little bit of wine. We meet somebody and we're on our way back and we had passed this giant pagoda on the way out. And sun is setting and I'm like, you know what? Why don't we go? inside. I don't know. I'm just going to go check it out. We go inside and we meet this man who had been the temple guardian for four generations, his fourth generation. And the first thing that he does is like, do you want to go up? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go up. So he pulls out this rickety old ladder made of bamboo and I like scale it to the basically the top of this giant pagoda. I have this gorgeous overview of this whole city. And It was so magic. It was so magic. And then I come back down. He's like, you know what? If you want in the morning, we can go inside the temple and go inside this 3,000 year, 2,000 year old pagoda. And I was like, sign me up. So the next morning at sunrise, we wake up, we go meet him. And he brings my partner and I into this deep into this belly of this beautiful pagoda which was wild, you know, shows us all these old Buddha statues, all these things. And then he gives us this beautiful little terracotta Buddha that people use for pilgrimages. And was like, here, this is something as a gift that I would love to give to you. And it was so magical and so out of my realm of possibility that I would have ever considered, but I put the intention out there and then all of a sudden everything orchestrated to what I had even imagined of an even better. That was one magic. I mean, I'm, I have tons of random stories that come up. <laughs> Are you looking for amazing new magic effects? My friends at Global Magic Shop have an incredible range of hand-picked exclusive products directly from magic creators. These unique magic and mentalism effects coupled with their huge online catalogue, provide the perfect additions to any street magic, stage magic, close-up magic, corporate magic, or party repertoire. Head to globalmagicshop.com.au and use the coupon Jordana for a 10% discount for all new customers. You mentioned out of your realm of possibility, which is a characteristic of magic in terms of performance magic as well. Out of the realm of possibility, like for example, your card trick. Yes, or any magical mentalism effect. If we're performing magic, it is out of the realm of what we dream, conceive, or know to be possible, which is why we have the awe and the wonder. Yeah. Well, I think what I really love about it is it constantly invites you to suspend this, like, disbelief, you know? Constantly, for me, it invites me to be curious about all sorts of different possibilities. As my mom said, what you know isn't all there is to know. And when you can hold that space for yourself of just like, I wonder, or I'm curious, that's where things will come in. Because so often we'll be like, no, that's not possible. You can't do that. And that allows us to push against the edges of possibility, right? Yeah. I love that. You know, when I create a magical experience for people. We respond in two ways. We're either right brain, which is all wonder. How did you do that? I don't need a response. I'm just going to stay in this beautiful, playful space. Or they go left brain analytical. How did you do that? Do it again. So what you're talking about, which is the space of awe and wonder, it's similar 
in terms of how someone reacts? How can we encourage people to be in that right, playful, beautiful, happy, high vibe space rather than defaulting to the left? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. What I always encourage when I see that, because in my world, we call the intellect part of your barking dog. Yeah. And that is what protects you. The intellect is great. It helps us organize, helps us discriminate. You know, it's in service. When I see that place of people being really like, how did you do that? Or, you know, I mean, in my own work, I've gotten those types of questions. Is I always like to engage people's sense of humor. I find that that's always a great way to break up the frequency because you're not going to engage in that conversation because you're not going to be like oh that will end up in like a tug of war a magician never reveals their secrets either so we're same same different conversation yeah exactly (laughs) and encouraging their own inner child to play if you can get people to like laugh at themselves laugh at what's going on i feel like that can instantly be a catalyst for a new energetic wavelength right yeah because it's like yeah 100 (laughs) percent (laughs) (laughs) so following our intuition doesn't always feel good to our intellect but there is an inner knowing of this is right for me how can you help articulate that in a way that will help people distinguish the difference because for a lot of us it can be very confusing yeah so first I'll say that your intuition that guides you is rooted in deep self-love it will always guide you to your highest good. Oh my God, it's I'm not judge. <laughs> it's not judgmental. There's no punishment aside from whatever the consequences are of your actions. But that's not even a punishment. That's just your decision. So that place of first reframing it as really mm. loving, I feel like help can help to make that choice. Our ego intellect, just like that bad, will always want to point you to what's safe, to what's predictable, to what it can control or what it thinks it knows. And the comfortable bed. Yes, that comfy bed, 100%. You climb into bed. Sometimes you need bed, no shame. But if you're always in bed, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to atrophy. Your muscles are going to atrophy, you know? (laughs) And I'd say that it will always point you towards growth. So that ego intellect will first pull from the past to predict into the future. Second, it will give you all or nothing, good, bad, right, wrong. Mm -hmm. Third, it will always want more information. And it will decide that if it has enough information, then it will finally be safe to make a decision, which is not true. We get an information overload. I mean, go try and get tacos in a new city and you'll end up reading 5,000 Google Yelp reviews and still not know where to go. But at that same time of our intuition of how it feels in your body, intellect talks a lot, right, wrong, good, bad, all, nothing, and everything in you squeezes. It's like, oh, Mm. oh my God. And it doesn't leave you a choice. Your intuition always does. Like I said, it resonates. It resonates. And it'll point you towards your growth, you know? And that is, again, a choice that you have to make. Yeah. And do you believe that we all consciously know when we're going, 
against our intuition, even if we haven't been led by our spirit our whole life? Do you think we can all identify that little grinding feeling of going, mm. Absolutely. 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 Unless and you're really, really, really checked out, which I feel like is sometimes a choice. But absolutely. I mean, we say I had a gut feeling. We have words in our language. You know, I smell a rat, right? Like these yeah. are things that we talk about in our day-to-day colloquialisms that are talking about vibes that are talking about intuition. And I think for me, it's also just, I've had support and just languaging. So you are intuitive. Pay attention. When was the last time you were like, I had a gut feeling about something that turned out that either followed or didn't. And you'll notice that once you start to pay attention, it's like a string. You're like, oh, and then there's this and this and this and this. So it's a very good way to start to attune your attention and also recognize that you are by your very divine birthright, intuitive. Your life is dedicated to helping people connect with their intuition and also reconnect with their light. What lights you up? Oh, so many things. I feel like dancing lights me up. Bubble guns, getting dressed up. Wait, delicious. what's a bubble gun? What's a bubble oh gun? Oh my God, I wish I had one right here. It's literally like a little gun that shoots bubbles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love that bubbles. I love that that is your second top answer for what lights you up. <laughs> I love a bubble. I have a bubble tattoo. I oh my gosh. love bubbles. I All find right. that they inspire magic and mystery and wonder and febrile and so fun and light up your inner child. That oh my absolutely lights me up. Definitely. <laughs> oh my God. That but, is like the best second answer I've ever heard. <laughs> It's true. I'm very serious about my bubble game. I don't know if we have bubble guns here. We've got, you know, those little, the bubble containers that you take the lid off and you, you blow those bubbles. You know, those ones with the, yeah. Well, I feel like you've been sending me some treats. I think maybe I just got my hit on what I got to (laughs) ship to Australia. Oh my goodness there. I feel like we need to get you a bubble gun. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, just to explain some context there. I send Sonia Tim Tams because if you're Australian, you know how delicious they are. And if you're not from Australia and you've tasted one, you know how much you want them. So, yeah, we have a bit of a Tim Tam love affair going on here. It's amazing. I love the Tim Tams. That's another thing that inspires magic. But good conversations, <laughs> sleep, like good sleep, you know, things that really light me up. Also, just getting dressed up and playing nonsense lights me up music. Mm. Those are the things that I think off the top of my head. Being creative, you know? Yeah. Those are my favorite. So are all of those ingredients that we can all use to express more of our own unique magic with the world? Yeah. I'd say also think back to like when you were a kid, what did you absolutely love to do? Uh What did you love? Like, did you love dressing up? Did you love coloring? Did you love wrestling with somebody outside? I mean, these are clues to like how to engage your own place of play. I always think that dancing for everybody is great, but of starting to get clear on what are the things that you love? And also if you have kids or even are around people with kids, play with them because they're really good examples of just using everything as an experiment and just having fun with it, not that serious. Yeah. 
They're the best. They're the best to do magic with too. Kids are like so honest because they're just, that's just their orientation in the world. They're just the best. And that is because their intuitive window is open because they believe everything because they haven't been taught not to believe yet, which is their magic and is actually all of our magic until we learn other patterns and habits and routines and processes that, you know, go against our spirit. Absolutely. I'm like, parade short on, I am about it. 100%. I'm like, girlfriend, yes. 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 The church. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. I wish I had, I'll get my audio producer to put in a preach sound effect here, whatever that is. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. So that's how we can rediscover our magic by connecting with the stuff that we loved as a kid because ultimately it comes down to our level of play. Yeah, and I would say also make space. Make space. Make space and time. What engages you prioritize it? Put away your phone, put away the screen. I feel like there's so much like fake fun that's yeah. going around. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a pedicure and that's my fun. I'm like, okay, that's nice. That's lovely. But like, is that really fun? You know, is that really fun? Or do you have fun at like a dinner party with your friends? And if you can make space and prioritize it. And I find for some people it's also over, like can be overwhelming. And just know that you're not gonna get off your path. So it's like experiment. Experiment, you know? It's like, yeah, 100%. That will be fun. Is you like playing video games with your kids or cooking a meal with friends? I mean, think about when was the last time you were really engaged and do more of that. I love that. You mentioned that your whole life you've had the comments or feelings or vibes coming against what your entire family ethos is. I've observed magicians who claim to have no psychic powers at all. And then there's others who are so open about doing tarot readings and also being magicians. And to me, magic is intuition. And when we use our intuition and we're present in the moment, we're flowing in all areas of performance and entertainment. So why do you think so many people are afraid of what they don't know to the point where they detach themselves from it? Well, first, I'm 100% with you. It is an intuitive art, being present, reading the vibration of people, you know, just even timing, you know? like. Yeah. But I would say people get really disconnected. And I feel like the world is changing now, which is very cool, super cool in the 30 plus years that I've been alive. But I would say people get disconnected because I think that sometimes the languaging around it can feel scary. Second, I think that it can sometimes make people feel like they're out of control. Now, I feel like there's sometimes it's like, oh, if I believe in spirits and all of it, it's like that there's good spirits and bad spirits, then I have to protect myself and all these things or protect myself against criticism, especially I'm sure in a field where there already can be judgment. So even sometimes people trying to like legitimize what it is that they do. I feel like I see this through all sorts of different things, but I would say also that they distance themselves just because in a lot of ways they've buried their own magic. Wow. Yeah. I love that answer. 
I love that answer, which is obviously ironic if you're doing magic, but you're burying your own magic, but you're creating <laughs> magical moments for other people. So how does that, how does that all work? That like, sounds like a big spider web. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think of just if you can lean into it with like curiosity and play, just recognize there's different types of listening. There's different types of learning. There's different ways to communicate. And those often are through vibration. And that is directly correlated to intuition, to all of these things, because they're all very interconnected. And it's not just the magic industry. It's anyone who is completely disconnected from the idea of spirit or intuition or any kind of discussions like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes also people with their family or their upbringing or social conditioning. I mean, for a long time, a psychic or an intuitive was somebody that you'd see in a sideshow who would all of a sudden you would get a reading and they would tell you terrible things that were going to happen and know things about you and your brain that you don't want anyone to know. And it's like all of that is not true yeah <laughs> no <Not how> it works <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like no nah. the uh, nah. hollywood shows from the 50s and 60s are cor- incorrect thank you yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent i'm sure even just in your own world of what you've seen with other magicians i mean do you find that there's some just misunderstanding around what is intuition a hundred percent and all performers are intuitive because in order to truly read the audience read how they're interpreting a magic effect, just be in the presence of beautiful engagement, get the right person up on the stage. All of that is intuition from my perspective. Yes. But that language is not used, which is one of the things that I found crazy when I came in because I'm like, magic is intuition, but where, why is there such a gap between true magic and creating magical moments and then the discussion of intuition is so separate and there's so many people that are keep them so separate, which sort of leads me into the next question. Historically... When people connected women and magic, there was a perception that, okay, well, if you're a female and you do magic, you're a witch. So do you think that on a deeper level, we have evolved past that or broken through it? Or do you think that that stereotype still exists in our consciousness, which influences maybe why there is such a disconnect? Well, I would say that the paradigm is shifting. Yes. Uh, I really, I, I feel it. I mean, I can even just see it in my lifetime, but I feel like that paradigm is shifting. So I feel like there has been a lot of, like you said, preconceived notions about what it means to be a woman in magic. Again, those same things. I'm going to cast a spell on you. I'm going to do all these, you know, and yeah. rob you of your free will, trick you in one way or another. But I find that now just as the world is at this evolution point, we can see it. I mean, we're having a conversation right now on a podcast, on your beautiful podcast about this very subject, that there is an acceleration of consciousness that's happening unlike any other time before. Now even just our access to information, now even just looking at AI, I mean, things are changing at lightning speed, which I feel like we'll just keep pouring into more and more and more iterations of open-minded, intuitive consciousness. Oh, yay. I love that. We need it. For anyone who is searching and yet to discover their own magic, what is your advice? Mm. Name what you love. Name what you love out loud. Start naming the things that you love about yourself, 
out loud. Name what your spirit loves. Again, moments that drop you into presence. And put a timer on. And be like, even if it's, a, it's something you're like, ah, I'm uncomfortable, what am I doing? Block yourself in your car. Turn, you know, lock the door. <laughs> go into your, Give yourself go into, some privacy. Yeah. I was going to say, go, <laughs> go into your bubble car. Make it really subtle. Put up a sheet around it. Holographic. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Go in the closet. <laughs> whisper. Whatever makes you feel safe. But notice how your body feels. And then put a timer on your phone for three minutes. And just start naming what you love. Just keep going. Like you're bouncing a ball. Name people that you love. Name things you love about yourself. Name activities that you love. I love magic. I love good underwear. I love a bubble gun. I love, (laughs) you know, art. Your your lists are the the best thing I've I mean, they're very reflective of who I am. (laughs) They're magical lists because they're full of the unexpected. They're possibilities that were not in my frame of reference before you mentioned good underwear followed by a bubble gun. I mean... There is only one Sonia Tully, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) But notice how your body feels afterwards. You'll notice that you have more space. You'll notice that you have more light. You'll notice that your energy feels more buoyant. You'll notice that actually you're starting to train your attention from what's not working to what is. And Mm. that will start to create a shift. And even for that, that's like creating cracks where the light can come in to really have your own magic shine. And so just like keep polishing that. And what is one thing that you wish every single person slash spirit in the world knew? That you are magic. (laughs) That you are. You are magic. You contain multitudes. And you have your own special magic that you came to share with the world. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be your job or your quote-unquote purpose or whatever, but that is part of your purpose, is to find that and then share that with others to help turn on theirs. Oh, yay, I love that. And is our magic always our mission and our purpose? I would say in terms of there's your purpose in your mission, but I feel like a lot of times we confused. And I feel like this might be also very much in America where we're like so work driven, where we think of our sole purpose, S-O-U-L, as our sole purpose, S-O-L-E, of how we have to like monetize and quantify and da-da-da-da-da, do the different side hustles. And that's if sometimes great, but it is your S-O-U-L purpose to uncover that, to remember that, because I really think it's an act of remembering. It's going inside, calls coming from inside the house. And share that with others. That is your mission, just like you're doing right here as just a magic being, Jordana. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love you so much. Thank you so much for such a beautiful, open, inspiring, magical conversation. I just am always forever going to connect bubble guns with you (laughs) and I was just like I can't wait until I can see you again in person and I'm going to come armed with bubbles and bubble guns and I'm just going to be like Sonia I'm here (laughs) I'm going to hug you so tight I'm going to be like oh my god you are an like effervescent in your energy you just are a fire starter an igniter a magician a creator and just being in your vibe just lights me up. This has been a delight. I am honored because I just adore you. (laughs) I love you too. And as we know, a delight means of the light. 
Oh I learned that from that. your mom. I love that. I'm like, you're teaching things from my mom to me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sonia, you are absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for, yeah, just the most incredible chat that I know has inspired and will inspire so many people on so many different levels. And how can you help people discover their magic a little bit more? What have you got available on offer? Oh, I have all sorts of great things. But you can definitely go to my website, soniatelly.com, and you can download my free spiritual toolkit. So it comes with a workbook and meditation. I also have a YouTube channel, Sonia Tully. I produce a, a weekly video. If you're interested in a reading, you can come to my website to book or check out our podcast that I do with my sister and my mom. I've got tons of resources. <laughs> so amazing. Filled with laughter, joy. <laughs> and inspiration. It's one of my favorite weekly things to do. It's pretty fun. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, come give me a visit. Send me a shout. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you and support you yeah. however I can on your journey. Yay. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I Thank love you for spreading you. magic in the world. I, you, oh. I, I love it. <laughs> it's my greatest joy and fills my heart uh, mm. with, yeah, all of the beautiful glitter. Mm, mm, mm. Speak my language. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my darling. My pleasure. All my Bye. love. Bye. To learn more about Sonia's work, you can find a link to her website and social media accounts in the episode show notes. There is also a link to check out the family's podcast called It's All Related, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for listening and joining our adventure. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and a review because it will absolutely help spread the magic to so many more people. Catch you next episode.